Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I am Jason. And I am John, and I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Thankfully, we are able to watch hockey and do this podcast and talk about a game to watch. That was a interesting one. Yeah, that was a fun one. You and I weren't sure in our predictions in the previous episode how this game was going to go. I think you predicted a 5-2 to two loss for UNO. Bridget was telling Bridget was telling me during the game that I had picked a 2-2 tie that was going to uh, stay tied through the three-on-three overtime period and go to a shootout, and UNO would lose the shootout. And neither of those two scenarios happened, but UNO exact, did get... The exact opposite <laughs> of both of those situations, basically. <laughs> you and I both did predict UNO would get two goals, though, which they did tonight. They did. And the nice thing was that Austin Roden was in net and didn't allow any goals behind him. So, yeah, made 41 saves on the night. That was a really good outing. You know, after the game against Miami, after that loss, uh, you kind of anticipated that the coaching staff might shake things up a little bit, and they certainly did. And and one of the things that you know you'll often see teams do is they'll they'll switch up uh, they'll switch up the player in net. Now, I will say Isaiah Seville had a good game in the previous game against Miami, but sometimes the way that the dynamic works is if you put in a new goaltender, sometimes it influences the play in front of the goaltender. And I, I think that happened tonight. Although one of, one of the things I will say is that Austin Roden, as we mentioned, 41 shots. That's, a, that's not an insignificant number of shots, and there were a lot of... Uh, you know, grade A opportunities for St. Cloud tonight. Yeah, he made some amazing saves. So this was not a, a routine shutout for him. He uh, he earned every bit of it for sure. Uh, and, you know, humbled everything else. We talked about the issues we had against Miami last night. Um, just finding offense and, and, and finding chemistry between the forwards and... Coach Winton put Weiss and Ward back on a line together, moved Conley off of there, put him back with Abate. Um, didn't he move? He moved Sunberg around too. So really kind of shaking things up, putting a little bit of new blood on each line. Uh, like I had said in the past podcast, the reasoning a lot of times between that is, is that you have that, air of familiarity with your other line mates anymore and so you start to simplify your game uh, and you start to play heads up hockey more it's just a natural thing that happens when you're playing with new people and so it it certainly seemed to work the guys seemed to really be looking for opportunities have a little bit more of a, a desire to go net front i think um, the one thing I think that we still struggle with the power play just it's not bad it's also really not that good no our, our penalty kill when you're looking at special teams our penalty kill really is our strength this season our, our power play has been a bit suspect so far and I will add we did see two new defensemen tonight we saw Alex Waugh and we saw Jake Harrison, and I thought both of them played well tonight. It was nice to have some fresh faces in there, some fresh legs on the ice. 
Um, I thought that was good for the team. But you're right. Uh, they, they shook up the lines a little bit, which for, for Mike Gabinette, that was probably a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, that but, was probably uh, a lot. <laughs> but it did. It kind of changed the chemistry out there on the ice. And I was uh, I was impressed with how they looked. Certainly in the, the first two periods, I thought they looked solid. The third period was a, was a tough period. Uh, that was the kind of game where if uh, – if one of those uh, pucks goes in the net for St. Cloud, uh, we could be having a different discussion right now. But uh, ultimately, the team played well. They were blocking shots. I thought overall they played really smart hockey tonight, and they rebounded. But as you and I have talked about before, this is one of those things where they, they do get up for the good opponents, the opponents that they've struggled against. And St. Cloud's one of those teams that uh, that we haven't had a lot of success against the last few years. Yeah, but they're they're a good team and and so it does seem like we bring our a game they need to find a way to bring their a game against the teams that are c and d levels but uh, we'll figure it out eventually right well yeah and as chris bain pointed out on my message board you know a lot of people remember during the the wcha years that we had before the formation of the nchc that one of the teams we struggled against time and time again was Bemidji State, a team that, you know, you know, the the trappers from northern Minnesota, they would uh, they would clog things up in the neutral zone. And we really struggled against that team, despite the fact that I think we had more talent than that team. We we struggled, you know, year after year, uh, a couple instances in the WCHA postseason play. So. It is possible that Miami will be a team that has our number going forward. I don't know if this is just a team that we don't match up uh, match up particularly well against, but uh, but we won't see them again. I don't think we're going to see them again this season, right? We've played Miami twice uh, in this, and we won't see them in the second half of the season. So we'll have to we'll have to uh, wait until twenty twenty one twenty two to see them again. It seems, I think, like uh, teams always seem to have those teams that are just perennial bubble busters, right? Right. Like, I remember back in the 90s, um, someone had told me that like Denver, I think Denver was ranked number one five times the week before going to Lake State. And five out of five times they lost to Lake State. <laughs> and it was just like this crazy thing. So he was all, you know, leading into the season. He was like, look, you know, this week on the calendar, we're going to Lake, we're going out to Lake State and insisting that we are going to be the number one team before then will not be the number one team after that. So, oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. can feel for that. Yeah, and and UNO back during their CCHA days, we our, our travel partner was uh, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and we could not get a win in Fairbanks for the life of us, despite the fact that we played there more than yeah. any other team in the conference did, other than Fairbanks. Um, yeah, it was a it was a struggle for us year in year out. It was just one of those those things, like you said, sort of an Achilles heel against a team that you, on paper, you should be able to beat, but 
you don't for whatever reason. So that maybe Miami's maybe Miami's that new team we'll have to see going forward. But but I was excited. I was glad to get a get a good win and and uh, excited for the players to get that two to nothing shutout. I wasn't sure that that was going to hold there at the end down the stretch, but uh, the guys put it together and got it done. Yeah, outshot every period, especially that third. I mean, eighteen to three is just. I mean, you knew that St. Cloud was going to push, but that's a little aggressive. Yeah. We need to find a better way when when we know teams are going to make a push to slip the puck past the D, find that soft spot on the second level, and do a better job of transitioning. Um, there were a few times we got some good good opportunities there. Uh, I know Weiss and Ward came in on one in the third. Um, so... You know the guys they they found it every once in a while, but a little bit more consistency with that. Um, and you know we're not we're a transition team right now. We're not we're not really that much of a puck possession, so that's going to hurt us in these these close games, uh, third period. So we need a we need to find a way to to take the play over, control the pace a little bit more and uh make it a little bit easier to to inch out oh absolutely and and one of the things that i would say is this is we've talked about this this was one of those kind of low scoring close games and and uno oftentimes in recent seasons has struggled in those games so you know credit where credit is due they were able to hold on get the shutout and i thought that was great yeah i you look at we talk about how different players have been scoring this season and you know the first goal of the night was kirby proctor Yeah, uh, nice, nice, nice shot from the point. Uh, I didn't think it was his. I thought someone tipped it in front, but apparently it was the St. Cod Bear that uh, got a stick on. Well, it. Think, yeah, it looked. I, I'm with you. It looked like anytime you have a, yeah, anytime you have those shots from the point, you always wonder, especially when there's people down there in the in in the uh, slot. You do wonder if somebody got a stick on that, and I wondered that, but. I'm always waiting to be corrected on Twitter when we, when we post who scored the goal. No, it wasn't him. Somebody got a stick. Well, I can't tell. I'm watching on my TV. I'm not there. So, yeah. And then the second goal of the night came in the second period, and that was that was Tyler Weiss. It, it was, and that was another tip in front of the net, and... You know, he did a really good job tonight of finding some of those soft areas in the zone. Uh, I think I, I suspect from the post-game comments that Coach made uh, that there was probably a little um, talking to after the Miami game about his play because I didn't think it was his best game. Sounds like the coach didn't think it was his best game, and he came back out and said, you know, I can work my way. I'll, you know, I can get out of this. Don't make it a slump type of situation. And so he did good. Yeah, he sure did do well. And so that was exciting for him and exciting for Kirby Proctor. Because, again, we, we talk about this. It's kind of neat to see different players having success offensively and uh, and putting pucks on net and uh, and and scoring. And so that's that's it's that nice kind of scoring by committee thing that UNO has going right now. And I like that. I like that as opposed to kind of one you know, go-to guy, a, a David Pope type of guy who, you know, is your, 
get the puck to Pope and let him see what he can do or an Austin Ortega type of guy. So, yeah, happy to see that. Uh, yeah. It was, it was funny because this is one of those games where, like, neither of the goals that go in are that flashing. <clears throat> I mean, they're kind of those gritty. They're they're. Yep. Shots from the point that get tipped and you know those types of things. And some people might, uh, some people might mistake that for a game that wasn't you know very exciting offensively, but. Gosh, there were some great plays that I still can't believe didn't go. Oh, down. yeah. Yep. Um, Ward's the, – the split yep. seam pass from Weiss to Ward on the power play was like, OMG. And yet it – I don't know how the goalie gets across and makes the yeah, save was that on the, him. Yeah, was that the goal where, where Ward it, kind of hit it either off of the, the back of his blocker pad or the back of his skate, and then it like – it hit the opposite post – and you're thinking that thing should carry him in, and it didn't. It just kind of dinked off. Was that a, that was a okay? That was that the was, that was that that's was the one. Okay, one. yeah, the first one was on the power play, and that was one where um, the goaltender pushed across and was able to actually get the save. And I mean, Ward oh was right, right, like, he knew that he had a golden opportunity there. I think. He just, I think that was in the first. I think that was in the first one that you're talking about. And I the, he had a great look at that. He, first, he was sitting right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. We put it. We put it between two of the defenders across the seam, and you're just thinking. I mean, that's a that's a golden goal kind of thing there. Like that's just that's as as a defender on the power play. Like there's a few things that you just absolutely cannot let happen, and that uh, any sort of pass across the seam you can't. Like you just can't. And I thought for sure he had it, and just. Like, oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, the one you were talking about, he gets behind the net, and he throws it out in front, goes off the back of the goaltender's skate, and then off the far post. And they took a look at it, but it did not cross the line. Yeah, that was a that was a, a wild, you know, you know, pool shot there for sure. There was one other player that – there was one other player that had a breakaway and then who, opportunity. Who was that guy? I'm looking. Jason's like, why did you bring this up? Uh, who? I'm trying to who, remember. Uh, which know. period? Do you remember? I <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it was, uh, oh, who had that? I don't know. Was it Sunberg? I have no idea. People are going to be yelling. People are going to be yelling at their phones, yelling at their iPads. And I think I, I, I did I make the comments? Am I confusing tonight's game with last night's game? I don't know. I, I made the comment. I think I texted to you. I think I'm like, he almost was, you know, player of the game right there. Or was that last night? I don't know. The the things are melding together. So I could be wrong on that. But I thought there was somebody who had, oh, it was Pro Cop. It was Pro Cop because I found the text and I said Pro Cop was about to be oh, a player yeah. of the game. And it just didn't go in because he, I, I can't remember. I think maybe there was a turnover can't remember uh maybe a neutral zone turnover doesn't uh, he take his penalty right after that it's very possible i don't know so <laughs> so noah prokop almost almost had a he had a golden opportunity there on that breakaway and i can't remember if that was first or second period it was early in the game 
for sure. So. Yeah. Well, and then there was the the video review, and that's the one I. I I think it was Sunberg that makes the power move to the net and the puck is in the goalie's knees basically, but he slides backwards into the net and there was this long discussion about the, the rule that I don't know how many fans would actually know this, but if the puck is underneath the goaltender and the goaltenders pushed into the net, if it's, his fault or his teammate's fault it's a goal but if the opposing team pushes him in it's no goal could you so could that's you that's what they could were could you tell I like, obviously we didn't get a lot of replay replay action on that could you tell who pushed him into the net I'm assuming we did let me let me ask let me ask you this question. Yeah, not, I, it was it was hard to tell because I thought it looked really. like a, a black jersey kind of backed into him. But again, were we responsible for that black jersey going into him? Again, I like I said, this isn't the NFL. We're not getting. I yeah, yeah. I just don't see. I just don't see them overturning it at that point in time. Like that's one of those, and and I know friends who are big football fans say this too but that's one of those that there's just not going to be enough video evidence to tell you to do something different so whatever you did it's what you're going to go with and in this case the referee behind the net clearly makes the no goal signal so he was of the mindset right and i was fine with that i wasn't uh i wasn't yelling at the tv yeah So third period, there's not really much to talk about in the third period. Uh, I guess the one play that just stands out to me was Conley chipping the puck off the the boards with the uh, empty net, and somehow the St. Clouds <laughs> player dives to prevent the puck from crossing the goal line, and it's like, oh, I know. Whew, that was close. You know, and that was Almost a that was a good play by uh, the the. The St. Cloud player was that Perbix who had that. I think he just kind of puts his stick out there because that puck was going. That puck was going in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was in the net. Yeah, yeah. It had to, it had the speed in the line for sure. There was no doubt about it. And yep, he sure he just did. Swept it right away. So yeah, it was a, it was a great play for him. Like yeah, that was Nick play, but. And then Roden makes a couple great saves on that. I say not really man advantage, but with the goaltender yep. pull. Yeah, that was five situation. And yeah, that was a good good performance for him. And that was just, Nick Perbix who made the save, who played for the uh, Omaha Lancers in the USHL. So yeah. I guess we should be much more familiar with him than we are, Jason. It just we don't care. We don't care if, if, they're, if they're if they don't have Omaha on the jersey. We do not care. <laughs> so, in a year when he decides to be a transfer to <laughs> Omaha, then I'll start caring again. Someone will point That's out right. this podcast. That's right. We, we have wave a, it over uh, my head. We have a, an interesting history with uh, players from other teams. So yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. Who scores goals only when they come to town. <laughs> yeah, we're not naming any names, but I think people know who we're talking about. So. <laughs> and it depends on how many podcasts they've listened to. <laughs> So if you want to know what the if you want to in on this inside joke, um, yeah, how many you need to go back how to many, what? How many one. hours of this podcast did we <laughs> and, say uh, we'd done? Like eighty-seven hours. You got to go back. You got to go back and experience it all. Experience oh, the past two and a half seasons <laughs> through the eyes of Jason and I. So, <laughs> yes, we shall. So shall we pick a player of the game? Should you want me to pick? No, I'll go first. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Or... Which one of us? Well, yeah, you know there's, who I'm I, picking. I mean, there's got to be an obvious one. I'm right? picking Austin Roden. I haven't picked a goalie yet. I was close yeah. to picking Isaiah Seville last night. I just, I, it was hard for me to want to do that with a loss. Despite the fact that he, he played a solid game last night. But Austin Roden coming off the bench, stopping 41 shots tonight. That's performance worthy a player of the game. So I you know, I've got to give it to him. That's always tough to be the guy who is who's not the who's not the regular starter, who's not the guy that, you know, is in net night in, night out. So he took advantage of the opportunity that he had tonight and he played really well and and uh, so congratulations to Austin Roden on getting the shutout. So now I have to take That's the, why I uh, jumped in the there, hard dude. one of picking one of the other guys. Jeez, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of good plays out on the ice. Um, I would say this is probably one of the better games we've seen from Ward. I think that we've said for a while for for a few games here at least that you know he needed to perform better we needed more production out of him and even though he doesn't get a goal i think that you know he he had some of the best opportunities i i like him on a line with weiss uh so maybe we we get to keep that together that would be kind of nice but you know, we do need some some production yeah. out of him. And as uh, we talked about just a little bit ago, he had two great A opportunities tonight, and uh, we're rooting for him. One of our favorite players on the roster for sure, and uh, one of the most important players on our roster the past couple seasons. So, hopefully, he'll get a little puck luck here and get some of those to drop. Uh, and if he does, I I think that'll prime the pump and open things up. A very talented player, and I think that's a good pick. I like that pick. It's an unconventional pick. It's not the obvious pick. I took the obvious pick, I think, tonight. And 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 you did Yeah. Well, I mean, one of us had to. <laughs> like the fact is is if you didn't say it, I was gonna have to say it because there's no way we could let it after that performance we could let it yeah, go. Yeah, and good good and performances too by the guys that players. uh you know came in fresh uh fresh in the lineup, uh Alex Waugh and uh Jake Har- Jake Harrison was an exciting player to see. We hadn't gotten to see him yet. He looks like he's going to be a good one too. So, a lot of exciting young guys on the roster, and uh, and uh, it's going to be exciting to to watch the the next few games here of 
the NCHC pod for UNO. We only have three pod games left. And I'm kind of sad because we're not going to see these teams that are east of the Missouri River after, after well, I don't know, Grand Forks might be east of the Missouri River. I don't know. I, I don't have Google Maps up. <laughs> Regardless, what I'm saying here is we're not going to see the eastern part. We're not going <laughs> to see Duluth, St. Cloud, Western, or Miami after this pod is over. And I'm kind of sad about that. That was that was the last time we saw uh, we're going to see uh, St. Cloud State this season. So, um, yeah, so we've got three more games coming up. The next one is Wednesday, so we get a little bit of a break here. I know Jason and I are looking forward to getting a little break here from the uh, podcast against Minnesota Duluth. Minnesota Duluth is... Uh, is uh, one of the good-looking teams in the conference this year. Jason and I did not do our – we didn't do our uh, preseason national champion pick because we had no idea who, who was actually going to be playing hockey this season. As Jason's well aware, I pick Duluth every season, and then, then Jason jinxed some you know other team from – you know, the Big Ten or Hockey East or something like that. But if I had picked, I would have picked Duluth again because that's just, that's tradition. So, I'm just making sure that we keep the... That's, yeah, that would be great to see. So, we've got Miami now. Miami, or not Miami, we've got, we don't have Miami. Miami was yesterday. We're not playing Miami anymore. We've got Minnesota Duluth Wednesday. Wednesday, a team, the very first game of the very first game of the pod for us. We lost three to five. Afternoon. Duluth's looked good so far, but they just lost to Colorado College. They yep. did. That was a shocker for sure. So and they'll be rested as well. They don't have a game on Tuesday, so that should be should be a bit of a challenge. No, I'll let you make the pick first. I'm still you gonna make a pick it. now. I am gonna say that I'm gonna go out of limb and say that UNO pulls okay. the stunner. Okay, three to two three pick. To two. Gonna be a close. Who's gonna get the game winner, Jason? Do you, would you like to predict that too while we're here? Might as well. Let's let's. Just... Might as well. Uh, let's see here. Nolan Sullivan. Who do I want? Yeah. Oh, Sullivan. I'd like to see that happen. Sully's gonna it's going to be late. It's going to be with like, yep. you know, 52 seconds left or something like that in the third. Put it in. The fans will rejoice. <laughs> I still remember. It'll be, it'll be like, uh, not, I know, everyone's going to get the, get the comment section ready for this one. Uh, <laughs> when the NHL was doing their uh, their bubble hockey, and uh, Nazem Kadri scores with like yeah, point one seconds left on the on the clock, and I'm like that was that was so awesome. Uh, as a fan, that was just I was over the moon on that. And yeah, it'd be so fantastic. It'd be cool if I'm gonna pull I'm gonna do something, something different here because I think the teams are getting tired. They're they're worn out. They've been playing a lot of hockey here. I'm worn out just watching them. I don't know how these guys do this. So I'm going to say we're going to have like, I, I think it's time to just have one of these these 
you know, open it up kind of barn burner games where defense goes out the door and people just, you know, score at will. So I'm going to say UNO wins seven to five, seven to five in just a barn burner of a game. Twelve goals are going to be scored. It's going to be a highly entertaining game. It's a different time of day. UNO has been playing a lot of games later in the evening. This is going to be an afternoon game, as you mentioned. So, yeah, seven to five. We're going to end. Who, who am I going to say is, gets the game winner? I don't know. Should I pick somebody? Uh, let's let's pick someone here. I'm going to say pick that. You made me pick someone. See, I probably need to pick somebody who I figure is going to be in the lineup. I'm going to say that the game winner is one of the defensemen, that the game winner is going to be Brandon Scanlon. He will get the sixth goal in that game, and then the seventh goal will be an empty netter. Okay. I'm just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna do that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, we haven't really seen Right. We've seen a lot of goals, but they're usually in blowout wins. UNO put up ten, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. So it would be interesting to see a, UNO has done a solid a job of uh, keeping their opponents kind of uh, from scoring. Two games, their their first game against Duluth, they gave up five, and then their first game against St. Cloud, they gave up five. But the rest of the games, you know, they gave up two, they gave up one, they gave up one. They lost last night to Miami, one to nothing, and they shut out St. Cloud. So defensively, the team is playing really well. And I'm sure Mike, Mike Gabinette would like for them to keep playing well, but I'm saying yeah. seven to five, so we're blowing this sucker open, so. And, you know, UNO is in a good position. I think it's something we talked about prior to the Miami game. It's kind of the unfortunate thing sitting here now, thinking if only they could have found a way to get a point or two out of that Miami game. I mean, we are sitting, UNO sits in fourth place currently. We are one point behind St. Cloud in North Dakota. And we're four points ahead of Denver, so you've got you've got a tiny, tiny bit of breathing room, uh, mostly just because of the struggles that Denver had when they first when they started the pod hockey, uh, but a tiny bit of breathing room there. And you're in striking distance to St. Cloud and North Dakota, and you know. Had we had we found a yeah, way and I, Miami, it's important for them to take advantage of as many of these opportunities as they can because of the truncated schedules. There isn't going to be a you know a lot of games to make up points in the second half of the season. And I know people are just happy to be playing hockey and and they're not really worried about postseason or standings or anything like that. But I figure while you're here, I'd love to see the teams, you know make a run at finishing in the top half of the conference because that hasn't happened, you know, for a long time for this team. So take advantage of those opportunities. They put themselves in a good position so far and they just need to need to keep playing uh, as well as they've played uh, during this pod. And I, I think good things can happen for sure. They are looking yeah. good so far. They're looking good so far. Yeah. 
And Jason's looking at me like, John, you got anything else? I have one more thing. I have one more thing, and this is a follow-up from when Jason and I were talking about overtime. I got nothing else, man. And everybody, uh, everybody okay. crucified us online for it. As is the case with the new three-on-three overtime, we don't have five-on-five overtime this year. We've got a five-minute three-on-three period. That if if a team scores a goal in that three-on-three, it goes in the record books as being a win. However, Jason had pointed out he he had made the comment he he was talking about pairwise RPI that type of stuff that it didn't count as a win. Now I had not paid any attention to the pairwise this year because they're not using the pairwise since it's not a regular season. Some of the teams have opted not to play. There's no interconference play right now. They didn't do it. But as College Hockey News pointed out today, and I wanted to point this out so that, you know, so that we could let everybody know that Jason was right. As College Hockey News pointed out today, they said a big storyline this year is public perception of OT wins versus what they actually mean and how the committee feels about them. Committee voted to make OT wins mean little more than a tie in the pairwise, but no one is going to act like that, and pairwise is out the window this year. So, for those who don't understand, the pairwise rankings, and Jason and I won't get into that because that'd be another 82 minutes of a conversation on the mathematical formula. It is, it's very much simple math. They try to take the guesswork and the human element out of it. With the three-on-three overtime, as far as the structural formula that the NCAA committee uses to determine teams, which is replicated by the pairwise rankings that you'll see analyzed online, a three-on-three tie, if that game, if a game goes to a three-on-three overtime, regardless of whether your team wins in that or not, for the the ranking purposes as far as the pairwise goes, that essentially counts as a tie. Even if you win in that three-on-three overtime or even if your opponent wins, because it's three-on-three, they're not weighting it like a win. So, Jason... You were correct on that. I I think I don't know. <laughs> People are throwing. Some... I thought that was interesting because I I think I had mentioned in that podcast. I'm like, oh, you know, I I don't know what they're doing as far as the, you know, pairwise and the RPI and all of that. So it, it's very interesting. What do you think of this three on three concept? Uh. I've always said that college hockey should consider itself more of a development league. And, you know, they're never, you never want them. And I, I don't want them to be, you know, a farmed club for some, you know, NHL team where it's a pipeline, you know, through the system. But you've got to look at it. You know, these are student athletes. At least some of them need to be prepared for the next level and have aspirations and the talent uh, to be on an NHL club. And to do that, you have to prepare them for that. And, you know, playing five on five overtimes and, you know, uh, when that first started, there was, there was one league, I don't remember which league it was that was doing four on fours when the NHL was doing three on threes. And, 
I, I just think that they should just follow whatever the NHL does surely for the fact that it gives these kids some experience at that situation. So if they are able to make that leap to, to the next level, um, they have that experience. They know what they're up against. And so um, <laughs> I think that's good. You know, going to a shootout after that, uh, yeah. just not a, I'm a bit of a purist. Well, so and it, it's for the, kind for the of, fans like, who aren't that watch, educated, it's hard when to get behind and... UNO wins in a shootout or UNO loses in a shootout, they interpret that as winning or losing the game, you know? And then you try to explain to them that, no, they didn't really lose. It's just for the extra point. And, the, you know, when you're telling somebody that, their eyes just glaze over. And it, <laughs> I mean, it's exciting while you're watching it, but it just creates a lot of just confusion. And so... I, yeah, I I know I, I yeah. <laughs> right. And when I saw College Hockey News post the pairwise thing, I'm like, well, that adds another <laughs> level of kind of confusion to the whole thing too, because you know somebody could get really excited if you win in the three on three overtime period, but if it's you know the end of the season and you're you're really getting down to the nitty gritty of the pairwise rankings. And you're like, well, yeah, they won, but it doesn't really count as a win in the, you know, the pairwise rankings that they use to determine teams. It's just, it's, I don't like to have to explain that kind of trivia to people, Jason. So, yeah. But anyway, interesting, interesting tidbit. And I thought I would do a follow up on that because I'm trying to do follow ups on, on things this year, if, uh, if, uh, if at all possible. So, okay. So, Jason and I have a couple days off. Jason's very excited about this. Uh, these late games are tough. These late games make doing this podcast tough. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be happy not to, I was not to not do that either. Like so, 11 o'clock at night, right? Until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.